0: Welcome to Cavancast. I hope you're doing well. I've been on a deep dive, a weird deep dive of my old emails from like a long time ago. I was looking for a particular message from way back when, and then after I found it, I just went straight down this rabbit hole, and I've just come out of it now. What a time. Also really cringing at the way I used to talk back then, like type talk This is going to bring my social media anxiety right back, I can feel it I'm just going to stick to using my talky talk words here I think That's better, that's better for me If you haven't hung out here before, how this works is I use a random word generator to generate five random words, and then just talk about them. Sometimes it's specific, sometimes it's very vague, sometimes it goes off on a hell of a tangent, but we just let it do what it wants to do, and by it, I mean my mind. Because it's good to talk. It's good to just let things flow sometimes. I also had a hazelnut and chocolate orange donut today, which was really good. No relevance, just wanted to throw that one in there. The first word of today is iron. I will always and forever read the word iron as iron. Because of one tiny part of a random Simpsons episode I saw when I was a kid, where Reverend Lovejoy pronounced the band Iron Butterfly as Iron Butterfly. It will never leave me. And I'm okay with it. There must be so many Simpsons things in my psyche. And I fully subscribe to the to the, uh, Simpsons did it philosophy, uh, which is the belief that whatever creative idea one comes up with, any kind of story about anything, the Simpsons has already done it in some way, shape, or form. That That's it. That's the rule of creativity. The Simpsons has already done it. After that, my brain jumps to iron-like... Iron clothes, then Iron Man, then the metal. Iron deficiency, really. <laughs> I used to be obsessed with the sound that irons make when you press the steam button. Like the I don't want to make a really loud sound because that's not particularly chill, is it? But yeah, that You know what I mean? It's really satisfying. Maybe that was one of my first, like, ASMR experiences. Oh, a few people have asked if I get ASMR, and I do. Uh, I always have, since I can remember. Usually from people's voices, that's like a proper trigger for me. There's this one shop in my hometown that is like, just... Like, it should be called the ASMR shop. It's so nice it's just the whole vibe is like perfect for it it's like a card and stationery shop but all like the sounds and the whole vibe of the shop and everyone talks really quietly in there and it's really nice for anyone who doesn't know what ASMR is which is probably a lot less people now than a few years ago because it's massive now I love that it is though I love that it's becoming more mainstream and people are getting into it, but like anything, not if you're exploiting it for bad things, but, you know, the more people are introduced to it, the better, I think. Anyway, ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Basically, really nice brain tingles triggered by some kind of sound or touch, like paper crinkling, or soft voices, or brushing of hair, stuff like that. I find it so interesting how polarizing it is. Like some people go mad for it, and then some people get really mad at it. Like it really annoys people, and makes them cringe in like the literal sense of the word. And then for other people it's like, uh it's strange. But I like that about humanity. We're all a bit different. We've all got our quirks. We all like different things. So back to Irons, I still reckon the Iron Man films are easily some of the best Avengers films, mostly because of Robert Downey Jr. I find it really weird that Robert Downey Jr., Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Javier Bardem are literally triplets, like they could be. It's terrifying. It boggles my mind. Look it up, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. I find ironing really satisfying when you get it right. Really satisfying. I don't think I ever do do it right. Like, my technique would probably make the ironing pros cry tears onto the clothes that they were ironing. But it works for me. That's the case with most stuff for me. Terrible technique, but I make it work. Like building this van. Terrible technique. Absolutely awful. Would and should never be employed to do. Carpentry. But I make it work for me. Where did irons come from? Oh wait, this is cool first. This is actually how irons work. Ironing works by loosening the ties between the long chains of molecules or science that exist in polymer fibre materials. With the heat and the weight of the ironing plate, (laughs) rhymes, the fibres are stretched and the fabric maintains its new shape when cool. Some materials, such as cotton, Required the use of water to loosen the intermolecule bonds. Oh, that's where the steam bit comes in. Nice. Before the introduction of electricity, irons were heated by combustion, either in a fire or with some internal arrangement. An electric flat iron was invented by American Henry W. Seeley and painted No, not painted and patented on June the 6th, 1882. That would have been a random fact to throw in. He invented it and then he painted it on June the 6th, 1882. Like, cheers for the fact, buddy. Appreciate it. It weighed almost 15 pounds, 6.8 kilograms, and took a long time to heat. The UK Electricity Association is reported to have said that an electric iron with a carbon arc, carbon arc, sounds like a villain name, supervillain, appeared in France in 1880. But this is considered doubtful. Two of the oldest sorts of iron were either containers filled with a burning substance or solid lumps of metal which could be heated directly. Metal pans filled with hot coals were used for smoothing fabrics in China in the first century BC. A later design consisted of an iron box which could be filled with hot coals, which had to be periodically aerated by attaching a bellows, bellows, in the late 19th and early 20th centuries there were many ions in use that were heated by fuels such as kerosene, ethanol, whale oil and natural gas, carbide gas, facetylene, as with carbide or even gasoline Fantastic knowledge here, some houses were equipped with a system of pipes for distributing natural gas or carbide gas to different rooms in order to operate appliances such as irons in addition to lights. Despite the risk of fire, liquid fuel irons were sold in the US rural areas up through World War II in Kerala in India. Burning coconut shells were used instead of charcoal, as they have a similar heating capacity. This method is still in use as a backup device since power outages are frequent. Other box irons had heated metal inserts instead of hot coals. Do you reckon everybody's clothes just smell of coconut? That's awesome. Dude, smell my new jacket. Mm, what is that, bounty? Yeah, you know it. From the 17th century, sad irons From the Middle English, sad, meaning solid were used in England throughout the uh, 1800s Sad irons Just ironing your, your single black shirt and black skinny jeans and your iron just starts singing What's the worst thing I could say? Things are better if I stay Oh man Okay, last fact of this word One of the world's larger collections of irons Comprising 1,300 historical examples of irons from Germany and the rest of the world Is housed in Gosheim Castle Near Karlsruhe Karlsruhe Germany. My pronunciation's not very good, I apologise. Let's move on. Sunrise is the second word. Dawn of a new day, baby. Love a sunrise. I think I prefer them over sunsets, usually because it means I've been awake all night. There was a time when I used to literally play Zelda all night go get a McDonald's breakfast at like 5 or 6am and go watch the sunrise on a hill where I lived then go home and go to bed it was bliss man, it was bliss so quiet watching a sunrise means you get to experience the quiet of the world before it becomes full of people's energy and the hustle and bustle of the waking world the silence is so nice man there's a festival called Sunrise in the UK actually, I think it's still going, I'm not sure but it was really cool and it was a smallish one as well, highly recommend that if you're in the UK. Festival sunrises in general are some of the best, So, sunrises at festivals, not sunrise festival. If you've been up all night and you experience a sunrise it usually means you come across a lot of people when the sun's rising that are also just looking at it. and There's just like this unspoken, like, cool, right? Cool. Okay, I've always wondered this and I've never looked it up. Why the colours are what they are in sunrises and sunsets. This is part of the reason I really like doing this podcast. There are so many things that I've just never bothered looking up that I'm now looking up. I'm going to be smart as hell after this. Okay, air molecules and airborne particles scatter white sunlight as it passes through Earth's atmosphere. This is done by a combination of Rayleigh scattering and my scattering, my scattering, me scattering, M-I-E scattering. scattering. As a ray of white sunlight travels through the atmosphere to an observer, some of the colours are scattered out of the beam by air molecules and airborne particles, changing the final colour of the beam the viewer sees. Because the shorter wavelength components, such as blue and green, scatter more strongly, these colours are preferentially removed from the beam. Cool. At sunrise and sunset, when the path through the atmosphere is longer, the blue and green components are removed almost completely, leaving the longer wavelength orange and red hues seen at those times. The remaining reddened sunlight can then be scattered by cloud droplets and other relatively large particles to light up the horizon red and orange. This is so cool! That sounded really sarcastic, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. No, genuinely, this is awesome. The removal of the shorter wavelengths of light is due to Rayleigh scattering by air molecules and particles much smaller than the wavelength of visible light. Less than 50 nm in diameter. Nm. Nice meters. <laughs> nanometers i guess i don't know the scattering by cloud droplets and other particles with diameters com- comparable comparable to or larger than the sunlight's wavelengths is due to the mie scattering and is not strongly wavelength dependent my scattering, stop saying it because I don't know how to pronounce it, is responsible for the light scattered by clouds and also for the daytime halo of white light around the sun. The forward scattering of white light. That's really cool. I hope you found that as cool as I did. This makes me also really want to go and see the Northern Lights or the Aurora Borealis at this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your kitchen. Yes. Again, Simpsons. This is a weird. This is a Simpsons episode today. There are so many reasons I want to visit Iceland, though, so I need to get my butt over there. Definitely taking Halen to Europe next year as well. Halen is my van, if you didn't know. I know. The name is amazing. I saw someone had named their van Vanish because they just wanted to leave and start a new chapter and I thought that was awesome. Vanish. Word number three is horseshoe. Um, Horseshoe. My nan had a horseshoe above her back door when I was growing up. Said it was good luck which is really tempting fate on that one, if you think about it. It was fixed to the wall and everything, but uh, I've seen Final Destination. You know, this these things can happen. I mean, I hadn't seen it when I was like eight, but... Well, to be honest, it wasn't too far after that, I don't think. I watched way too many movies I shouldn't have at that age. I should have stuck to Tally Tubbies and Spongebob, man. Simple. Easy. Safe. Not. The Exorcist and Nightmare on Elm Street. That was also a Simpsons episode I watched, oh my god. It was a Treehouse of Horror episode where groundskeeper Willie is Freddy Krueger and it really freaked me out. Like, talking about it has made me feel a bit dodge, actually. Gave me some really dodgy dreams, ironically. Um anyway, little Cavcav thought it would be a good idea to go watch the actual movie it was from. Bad idea, little dude. That should have been a hard pass on that one. Strange little boy. So much stuff makes sense though. Um anyway. Why are horseshoes lucky? Why are horseshoes lucky? Horseshoes have long been considered lucky. They were originally made of iron, a material that was believed to ward off evil spirits. Huh. Well, there's a little extension to the the first word. I was going to try and play that one off as a segue, but... There's a whole word in between that. So I can't really do that one. Yes, I can. It's my podcast. Segway. Um, Iron was a material that was believed to ward off evil spirits and traditionally were held in place with seven nails, seven being the luckiest number. Cool. Superstition acquired a further Christian twist due to a legend surrounding the 10th century Saint. Dunstan, who worked as a blacksmith before becoming Archbishop of Canterbury. Canterbury. The legend recounts that one day the devil walked into Dunstan's shop and asked him to shoe his horse. Dunstan pretended not to recognize him, <laughs> like like, the, like they had an awkward date once or something, and agreed to the request, like he ghosted him on Tinder on devil tinder what what would be like a the hell version of dating apps dating apps uh, dating apps are the hell version of dating apps Uh, uh he agreed to the request but rather than nailing the shoe to the horse's hoof he nailed it to the devil's own foot causing him great pain Dunstan eventually agreed to remove the... Shoe. Like, how did he do that? Like, how... It was just there, like... That that couldn't have been, like, a a discreet thing to do. Like, if someone was about to nail a horseshoe to my foot, I feel like I might have a, a slight idea that it might be about to happen and kick them in the face like a horse. So... I don't know, maybe the devil was too busy swiping left. Um, Dunstan eventually agreed to remove the shoe, but only after extracting a promise that the devil would never enter a household with a horseshoe nailed to the door. Banging, okay, cool. Thanks, Nan. Appreciate it. Saving me from the devil." Historians differ on the origin of the horseshoe because iron was a valuable commodity and any worn-out items were generally reforged and reused. It is difficult to locate clear archaeological evidence. Archaeological is such a good word. Although some credit the Druids, there is no hard evidence to support this claim. You need hard evidence, boys. You need that smoking gun. In 1897, four bronze horseshoes with what are apparently nail holes were found in an Etruscan tomb. Etruscan? Etruscan? Tomb. Dated around 400 BC. The assertion by some historians that the Romans invented the mule horses sometime after 100 BC is supported by a reference to Catullus, who died in 54 BC. However, these references to the use of horseshoes and mule shoes in Rome may have been to the hippo sandal, leather boots reinforced by an iron plate rather than to nailed horseshoes. Hippo sandal. Oh my god, is that a bug? Uh. Hippo sandal sounds like the old Rome version of Crocs. To me, it just sounds like that's what they would call them. There's some really good videos I've seen on TikTok of people cleaning out horseshoes that are like all caked in mud. Oh, it's so satisfying. Must be even more satisfying for the horse though, I reckon. My for you page on TikTok knows me so well. It knows that I love satisfying stuff like that. Like my plumbers cleaning massively blocked underground pipes as well. Oh, I love it. There's that game that you play as well, right? Is it just called Horseshoes? The one where you you throw horseshoes and you just try to get them round a metal peg in the ground? It needs a better name than Horseshoe. Let's call it... Let's call it... Thrapegatha Which is like... Throw... Peg... Over there. Oh no, it can't be because you're not throwing the peg. Throw. Um, throw there. throw there. I'm going to stop this. This is this is not my night. This is not my night. I'll just talk. I'll leave the creating of names to other people. Anyway, word number four is Leia. I miss Shrek. I should call him. So onions have layers, right? So do ogres. Yes, we all know this. But everybody forgets the other part of the quote where Donkey... This is from Shrek, by the way. um, Where Donkey says, Cake. Everybody loves cake. Cake has layers. Cakes have layers. Cake has layers. Cakes have layers. Cake." I'm going to go with the plural. Cakes have layers. And you know what? He's right. I remember having a rainbow cake for the first time, and it changed my life. That is art in layer form, my guy. It's a thing of beauty. I've never varnished anything before properly until I did my van. Just thinking about layers and varnishing and stuff like that, and paint. Um, Well, I... Oh, hang on. Ah, no. Wait. No, I was thinking... I did in woodwork in school, but I didn't varnish the thing that I made, I painted it and you know what I made? I made a friggin' coffin for my final project, but for some reason, instead of painting it black or varnishing it to make it look really nice, I painted it sky friggin' blue. What's wrong with me? Firstly. Making a coffin. Secondly, painting it blue. Like, at least be consistent. What the hell was wrong with me? Well, back then... (laughs) Made a decent clock, though. I, um, I think I made a Triforce clock from Zelda. That was cool. Oh my god, I was in Costa the other day, and this guy had a Triforce tattoo behind his ear. Uh, If you don't know what a Triforce is, it's the main symbol of like, uh, it's like the trifecta of power, wisdom and courage from the Legend of Zelda video game series. And I started nerding out because uh, my plan is to get some Zelda tattoos and some video game tattoos. Oh my god, I can't wait. Uh and he said, Oh, let me show you. I've got this one, uh, and then I've got this one, and then let me show you this one. And he just had all these different tattoos like dotted over him. He had like an Oddish on his bicep. Um he had Majora's mask on his other shoulder. Um he had a master sword, he had another couple of Pokemon. It was great, it was really cool. So yeah. Now I want tattoos even more. That ties in with layer, right? Tattoos, skin, layers of skin. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Part of me looks forward to wearing more layers in the winter months. Part of me. Those parts of me are my feet, my nose, and my ears. Because they're the ones that get cold. The rest are not down with it. It's nice to be cosy for a while, and all that, yeah. But, mate, I will turn from an icicle to the radiator in the devil's bedroom really quickly. Why did I say bedroom? That was an interesting choice of location. The devil's bedroom, not his kitchen. Not his kitchen, not his hallway, not his office, his bedroom bedroom okay good to be aware um anyway half the time i just brave the cold to wherever i'm going because just because i know i'm going to warm up really quickly that Katy perry song was written about my body temperature fun fact for you though i remember one time though where layers did nothing when i was a kid to uh to help raise money for charity we did a sponsored sleep in a graveyard I know, I'm nothing if not on brand. I was like, sweet, I do this anyway, so I might as well raise some money for it. Nah, but this um, this one was in the middle of winter, and I had like seven sets of everything on, and a sleeping bag, and I still barely slept. And ever since then, um ever since then i'm like yeah i'll i'll give a couple of quid if i see someone homeless because yeah maybe drugs but also maybe a warm place to sleep and if i've got a couple of quid in my pocket or even just a pound or whatever like whatever you know what i mean it it is what it is like why not i'm not gonna miss it so Just to finish this off with something amazing, one of the most asked questions on Google about layers is what does having layers mean? And when you click on it, it gives you the Shrek quote. Serendipity is real, man. Swear down, swear down. Okay, here's a segue. The last word is hero. And the first thing that pops into my head, Jennifer Saunders' amazing cover of Bonnie Tyler's I Need a Hero. From Shrek 2, also easily one of the the best tunes ever written, in my honest opinion. That whole scene is playing out in my head right now. I hope it is in yours too, with Gigi and Mongo and the the running and bus and boots and oh man, what a time! A delightful shared memory we're having right now. I like that, I like that a lot, heroes, Spider-Man was my hero growing up, well, in real life it was my dog, because, uh, <laughs> that sounds really, like, pithy coming out of my mouth, but no, no, do you know what, it doesn't, because, like, he's, he's saved me so many times, so that's, that's the definition, right, um, yeah, but in the fantasy sphere, it was uh, it was Spider-Man. Love the cartoons, the films, and just him, really. Maybe that's why I wanted to try aerial artistry and stuff so badly, and like flying things, because of Spider-Man. Also, the Enrique Iglesias song. Iglesias, Inglesias. Enrique Iglesias, Enrique Iglesias. Which one is it? You're probably telling me which one it is right now. But I can't hear you. So Google Iglesias. It's Iglesias. See, I told you, Iglesias. I also, I like the idea behind the, the Foo Fighters song, My Hero. Um. Supposedly it's about everyday heroes. Like they don't have to be super, they don't have to be saving the world, they they don't have to be fighting crime or doing these big massive things. It can be as simple as having a conversation with someone. If they look down or even just to check on them, small acts of kindness can start incredible chain reactions and can lead to the most amazing things. I've seen it happen multiple times I've seen the proof some heroes are made in the moments that people don't even notice yeah I think I'll leave it there that feels like a good place um it's a little short and sweet last word but I hope you feel chill um I hope you're feeling a bit more chill than when we first started uh I wish you well, and if you don't want to wait a week, you can head over to my Patreon for more content there, or follow me on Instagram, or Twitter, or TikTok, it's all Gavin Kingston, it's all the same thing, and I will speak to you soon. I tell you what, actually, never done this before, but if you fancy giving it a little rate, or leaving a little review, feel free, because that'd help, if you don't mind, if you've got spare a spare couple of seconds, um, I'd appreciate it, cool, thanks, I'll speak to you soon, bye.